You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So last week I started a series called uh, uh, Vision 2020 and uh, emphasized the importance of, of how important it is for us to be able to see clearly so that we can navigate through life. Um, if you remember, I, I, I mentioned how uh, a lot of us, speaking about myself, that uh, you, know, you hit an age and uh, you might have had 2020 vision, but uh, everything looks skewed after a while. And so you need these lenses uh, to help you, or whether they're contact lenses or, or, or glasses, and they help you to see things a lot clearly. Um, as we walk through this world, uh, there are a lot of things that can get cloudy. And I talked about vision also in another sense. Uh, vision is, is, is that, that one thing that will prompt you to go into the future with, with courage and intensity and passion. And when God gives us his vision, not only can we see things clearly, but we also have the passion and the excitement to, to persevere through all the difficulty that we may find uh, that is set against us. Uh, last week, we talked about Joshua's life and how from the, from the life of Joshua that we found three things about courageous vision. And what we find from Joshua's life is that uh, his courageous vision given from God inspired him. And he had a passion to go and do the things that God called him to do. In fact, uh, the, the Lord said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. And so a lot of us need to, need to hear that so that we can be strong and courageous to, to go forward in whatever God is calling us to do and navigate through. We also saw from uh, Joshua's life is that God gave him clarity in his courageous vision. He gave him the word of God. He said, meditate on these precepts day and night, and you will have success in whatever you do. And so we, 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 we grabbed a hold of how important that is. Uh, and then the third point that, that was vitally important was that courageous vision always comes with an assurance that God is with us. No matter where we go, if, if, we, if God's given us his vision, he will be with us and we will not be alone. Uh, and so we, we can grab a hold of the fact and how important that is. I also talked to you um, last week about what the Lord has been impressing on, on my heart as I've really been seeking him for, uh, for 2020 and beyond. And one of the things that, that stood out was uh, I, I believe he's called us to be a church uh, that will love, empower, and transform people with and through the living word. And the reason that I said that, and I think it's so important, is because we live in a world that uh, is always wanting us to, to leave the premise of the Word of God. But not only that, we live in a world that is going to feed us their message. Uh, it's going to feed us their philosophy and uh, going to feed us a, maybe a distorted message, even the message of, 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 of God. And we need to be anchored in the, in the true message of God so that we can come against all those voices that are going to come against us. So if we are anchored in the living word, I believe that there's nothing that we will face that we won't be able to overcome. 
Just like Jesus in the wilderness when he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights, uh, the enemy came and he, he came at Jesus with a distorted word of God and Jesus uh, confronted him with the true word of God and he overcame what the enemy wanted to do in his life. And it's the same for all of us. Whatever the, the enemy or the world or the flesh wants to do in our life, we can overcome it through the living word of God. And so as we transition into part two, I want us to, to focus on, on something that I think is very important. Uh, we get to places in our lives that we need renewal. We need things to be made new. Uh, maybe there's someone in here that uh, your knee begins to give out and you need to have a total knee replacement. Anyone ever been facing that or you've gone through it? Uh, some people need a, a, uh, a re hip replacement. Uh, some people need cataract surgery because uh, their vision is impaired and so they have to go and they have to uh, cut the cataracts out or remove them from, from the eye lens. And what happens is that you have a renewed vision. You have a renewed knee, which you really needed, right? You have a renewed hip. And, and life in general teaches us that we get old. Not you guys, but first service. <laughs> and it teaches us that when we get old, that God has given us the ability and the capacity to renew. In fact, in, uh, in the book of Acts, uh, when the Holy Spirit came upon the believers, in one instance it says that times of refreshing would come upon believers. And how many of you have been in a, in, a lot, in, a, in a time in your life, a season in your life where you feel dry or you feel like if you're depleted of all the things and the excitement that God has? Maybe the passion that you had at one time needs to be rebirthed. Maybe that, that fire that you once had for the things of God needs to be reignited. And so we, we take a step back, all of us, me included. I mean, I've been walking with God for 25 years, 26 years. And, and there's times that I have to take a step back and I say, Lord... I need to be reignited. I need a renewed passion. I need for you to, to give me a newness in my life so that I can go out with, with, with every, all the vigor, all the excitement that I once had when I was walking with you from the first days, when you were doing all these wonderful things. And God doesn't change. Have you noticed that? God doesn't change. But we can. And our excitement can change and our passion can change. So our, our, my prayer is that as we go into 2020, we will have a, a renewal and a re-excitement, re, re a reignition of everything that God has for each one of us moving forward. You know, David in the, in, in the, the Psalms, Psalm 51, David had made a, a very bad decision in his life and had an affair with this woman named Bathsheba. And he wrote a very famous psalm, Psalm 51. And in that psalm, he, he says to the Lord, kind of, kind of a, a renewal, uh, kind of a cry out to God. He says, uh, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. In other words, the, life has a way, whether it's our choices, whether it's our circumstances, Life has a way of stealing our joy. But notice what David said. This is very important. Notice that David said, restore to me that joy that I had when I first got saved. Do you have that joy? Do you have that passion? Do you have that excitement? 
And then he says, it kind of hinges together. He says, uh, uphold me with a willing spirit. Kind of like when I'm walking in the joy of God, I'm, I, I'm willing to submit myself to the things of God. When I'm walking in the passion of God, it's very easy for me to submit to everything that God calls me to do. No matter how difficult it is, no matter how challenging it is. And we live in very challenging days. We live in days where it seems like everyone is going upstream and people that are following God are going, I mean, people that are, are, that are not following God are going downstream and people that are following God are going upstream and it's a battle, right? Maybe in your family, there's difficulties going on. Maybe in your, in your friendships, maybe in your neighborhood. Maybe a neighbor that, that, that at one time you guys talked really well. There's been some, some, some uh, uh, brokenness there. There's been some, uh, uh, just strife or whatever. And, and, and you need a renewal so that you can be a, a positive in their lives instead of a negative. So we're going to go to a book uh, in the Bible to, to a guy named Habakkuk. Say that with me. Habakkuk. Wow, you guys are scholars. And Habakkuk hangs out with two guys in the two prophets in the Bible, uh, one called Nahum and the other called Zephaniah. So in between Nahum and Zephaniah is a small book called Habakkuk. And Habakkuk is a prophet that writes about uh, uh, some, some things that he's going through in life. And, and what we're going to see is that his attitude is very negative. I know that no one in this second service has any negative attitudes, but you should see the ones in Kearney. And so as we, as we, as we look at this, um, we're, we're going to see how Habakkuk is talking to God and he begins to vent. And it helps us to see that we can vent to God. And his venting is very negative. It's very pessimistic. And so we're going to go to chapter 1, verse 2, and uh, look at that. And we're going to work through uh, the, the, the first part of that, of that, of, of that chapter and then we're going to go to the text that I wanted to become our text for the message, which is going to be in chapter 2. But let me pray over, over the word as we, as we go to it. Father, thank you for every person here. As always, I thank you for every soul that's sitting here. Every person is important, Lord. Every person that's here, every person that listens on the podcast is important to you, Lord. And I just pray your blessing over them today. I pray that hearts will be open to receive whatever you have for them. I pray that minds will be clear from all the distractions of life, that there'll be clarity of mind, that they'll be able to understand what you have for them. And, and I pray for a willingness in every one of us to execute what, what, what you desire for us to put into action. Lord, fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your spirit of understanding. Fill us with your spirit of wisdom, with your spirit of knowledge. Fill me with a spirit of of ability to speak in a way that is clear, in a way that's confident, in a way that's, that's uh, understandable, Lord God. And, and, and as always, we always pray that when we leave here, we'll say it has been good to be in the house of the living God. So we pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. So, so uh, Habakkuk starts out, and he's, and he's crying out to God. He says, oh, Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear me. Even cry out to you violence and you will not save. And why do you show me iniquity 
Why do you show me all these sinful things going on around me, all this chaos going, and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention that is arising. Do you notice that God always gets the blame? Why, why do you allow for me to see this, God? It's not the people, it's you. You ever said that? Why, why aren't you doing something, God? Why, why, aren't you, why are you allowing this to happen? And then he goes on and he, and he starts questioning the word. And, and remember, who is the, the, the tempter that wants us to question God's word? Did God really say, he told Adam, right? The enemy of our souls. And so the, the, the enemy begins to work as you're in your, your pessimism and as you're in your negativity. He says, uh, therefore, the law is powerless. The, the, the word of God is powerless, he says. Uh, and justice never goes forth, for the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. All this horrible stuff is going on, and your word is doing nothing. But Habakkuk, when he starts out, he has very impaired vision. His lens was very negative. It's very easy for us to get to this place, unfortunately. It's, it, it, it's, it's very common for people to get pessimistic in this world. I mean, all you have to do is turn on the news. Really, you turn on the news and if you, if you surround yourself with any major news network and listen to them, you will leave there depressed. The wickedness, the, 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 the perverseness and all these things. And I, I don't say that, I just, I'm not spiteful. I mean, I'm just saying the facts. But God answers Habakkuk just like he answers us. And he answers Habakkuk with a very different voice and a very different lens. And he says to Habakkuk, look among the nations and watch. Everything that you're talking about, how bad it is, how perverse it is, is look among the nations and watch. And then you're going to be utterly astounded. It's going to be amazing what's going to happen. He said, for I will work a work in your days which you will not believe. Habakkuk, right where you're at, in all this negativity, in all this worldly godliness, I am going to do something among you that's going to blow your mind away. I am going to do something in you that only God can do. He said, I'm going to do it in your days which you would not believe even if it was told to you. Even if someone told to you, but here's the thing about God. Not only will God say it, God will prove it. Not only will God communicate it, he will put it into action. And as we go into 2020, if, if we're pessimistic, if, we're, if, if, we are, uh, if we are negative, if we are thinking, you know, uh, life is just so... Uh, 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 dull, life is so messed up, and, and, and God, where are you at? God is saying, I want you to have a new lens as you go into the new year. Then we go into chapter 2. And in chapter 2, you see that Habakkuk goes into prayer. He goes into prayer. Reminds me of our 6 a.m. prayer uh, every, every Tuesday we, get, we, we pray, and can I tell you, we never pray negatively. 
We always pray with optimism. We always pray like God is able. Whether it's family matters, whether it's uh, 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 community matters, whether it's sickness, we believe that God is able. And so Habakkuk comes to this place in chapter 2, and if you read the whole book progressively, Habakkuk's heart is beginning to change. But in in, in chapter 2, he says this. He said, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart, and I'm going to watch to see what he, God, will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. And the reason that, that Habakkuk said, I will answer when I am corrected, because when you're in a negative attitude, in a, in a negative mind frame, you know that you're wrong. When you're pessimistic, when everything is gloom and doom, when you're down all the time, in your spirit, you know that that's not where you want to be. So Habakkuk, he, he, he understood that he was wrong, and he said, I am going to seek the Lord. I'm going to watch. I'm going to listen to what he has to say to me. And verse 2 is kind of the, the premise of, of this whole message about a renewed vision because he talks to, God speaks to Habakkuk, and he says something to him that is vitally important to every one of us. God says to him, then the Lord answered and said, write the vision. Habakkuk, quit talking and write. Write this down. And, and, and if you, any of you journal, have you ever journaled something that God, that, you know, Lord, I'm in this situation, I'm this. And then in the future, you look back and you see that God worked in that place. He said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets. In other words, don't, compu- don't complicate your life. I love, my, my wife is so good for me in this area. She'll say, don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it. He said, make it plain on tablets that he or she that reads it will be able to run and execute it. That's what that word says. He says that he who reads it will run with it. In other words, he can put it into action. Don't make it so difficult that you can't put it into action. You want to make your marriage work. You want to make your finances work. You got to write it down, make it clear, and put it down and make it understandable so that you can make changes and put it into action. He said, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. He says, I have this. I'm going to work it out. God's never late. He's never early. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Because what God gives us will always come to be true. What God places in our hearts, what God tells us in his word, is always going to be true for us. He said, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. In other words, my vision, my message will not, it will always fulfill what I have for it to fulfill. You might think it's late, but I'm not on your time. I'm on my time. That's what God says to us. You may think you're waiting too long, but God says, I'm never late, and I'm never early. He's always right on time. And then verse 4, he says, behold the proud. He says, everyone you're talking about, all these people that are, that are, that are against justice, all these people that are, that, are, that are living in iniquity, all these people that are doing the things that are contrary to me, he said, but behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. He said, but the just shall live by faith. 
And that scripture, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, is one of the most powerful scriptures and life-changing scriptures because it tells us, and everyone that has ever walked with God, Abraham, he lived his faith out. The just shall live by faith. The apostle Paul said, the just shall live by faith. And faith is trusting in something that is not seen. And there are things in your life, beloved, there are things in our life, there are things in my life that I haven't seen come to pass, but that doesn't mean that God is done. There are things that you're facing. You know, God doesn't waste a difficult time. We've got the strike going on in in, in the Copper Basin. We've got, you know, things going on here. We've got uh, Sam Manuel that's trying to find itself, you know, from from the mind shutting down a long time ago, and now it's kind of trying to revamp and do all these things. We've got all these areas. We've got uh, uh, Saddlebrook Ranch that's just exploding. All of these, God, God is just, he's, he's navigating his, his plan in our life. But what we need to understand is that God's vision, God's vision will always prompt us to move forward. God's vision will always get us unstuck. And God never calls us to maintain what he's done. He, he did, not just to that. God always cause, calls us to advance his work. You know, about three years ago, we, 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 by, by the grace of God, we were able to pay off, you know, the, the building loan. And we were able to, you know, we, before that, we paid off the land. And, and so people probably thought, oh, okay, we're done. Let's cruise. God called us to action. And when the passion's gone because, you, hey, we, we did what we needed to do. Hey, we got a church. It's all paid for. God never called us to that. God called us to reach people. God called us to love people. God called us to change the lives of people. To be a church that loves and empowers and transforms people with and through the living word. That people, when they come in, they feel the presence of the almighty God. That when we go out, we go with the presence of the Almighty God and people see that there's a difference in us. So I want to talk to you about five considerations today. Five considerations that reveal that we need to renew our vision. We need for, for, for the Lord to, <clears throat> to birth something. Not only, see, he's birthing something in the in the leadership, <clears throat> the elders, the pastors, the staff. The staff has been going through a, through a study of, of mission, vision, strategy. We went to a conference just uh, last week, and they talked about uh, reaching the multitudes. Because I don't know if you know this, but Arizona is one of the largest unchurched states in the nation. Maricopa County is number one in the nation. 
We think about, you know, ah, you know, um, the, the, the unchurched, you know, they're going to come or they're not going to come. And who cares? But God cares. God cares deeply about every person. God cares about every one of our neighbors. He cares very much about everyone in our community. He cares about everyone, every person that we work with. God cares about you. And he cares about that person that's not here yet. And so we thought about, you know, uh, and I'll talk a lot more about this. What are the values that we have? You know, what mission <clears throat> to be a church where we, where, we, um, where we love and we empower and we transform people with and through the living word. You know, that's, that, that's, very, that's pretty simplistic uh, and, and, and very biblical. Uh, but what do we value at Living Word Chapel? And think about it. What do we value? Don't we value simplicity? Don't we value that we don't have to be scholars to, to know Jesus? Don't we value that, that you don't have to know these huge words to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? You just got to know one word, and that's love. For God so loved, right? So we value simplicity. We, we value diversity. In other words, we, we, even let, uh, you know, we even let white people in to the church. We even let brown people. Can you believe that? We, we, yeah, barely, but we let you. We put you in the front so we could watch you. You know, we let Asians in. We let African Americans in. You know, every, why? Because we value diversity. Doesn't matter, matter what political party you are. We, we, value, we value who you are as a person. It doesn't matter, you know, if you struggle with some gender uh, difficulties. We value you because God does. We value diversity because we know that God ultimately loves people, all people. We value unity. We're, 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 uh, I'm going to say a word. Don't, don't, get, don't get upset. We're anal. We're anal about people not talking about each other. About us not gossiping because we know it will destroy churches. It will destroy families. You know, we want to be one as, as we are with God. Not uniformity. Not, not all of us are supposed to look alike. That's kind of that's kind of weird. Or be the same. In, not uniformity, but unity. And, and, and those are the things that we value. So we're going to talk a lot more about that as we go into. Because you become what you value. Did you know that? You become what you value. And you, you, in, in your family, you have values. Whether they're written or unwritten. Whether they're spoken or unspoken. Those are the things that you hold on to. And you'll see the, the values in the culture of your family. And how you live it out. So we want for us to understand our values. We also want to understand our strategy. We're going to look at all that, you know, as we, as, as we progress into this. Because I believe that 2020, that God is going to blow our socks away. I just believe that there's going to be people that are going to be, first of all, needing the love of God, but receiving the love of God through us at this church and at the Kearney campus. So he's going to do just amazing things. So I'm just give you a couple of values that we're, that we're discussing. I'll talk to you about some more um, in, the, in the coming weeks. But I want to offer you today, just uh, kind of quickly, five considerations that reveal that we need to renew our vision. The first consideration when you know you need to, reveal, uh, to renew your, your, your vision is, are you thinking big? Think big. You see, any time that your speech is, uh, I can't do that, or we can't do that, 
Or, or have you ever heard someone say, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen to me. I never get those kinds of blessings. Or have you heard someone say, who's going to pay for it? Who, who's going to pay for it? How are we going to do that? Who's going to pay for it? Those kind of statements are vision shrinkers. And if, if, if you're not thinking big, you're making God too small. Are you with me? If, if you're not thinking big, you're making God way too small. That goes for your individual life as much as it goes for the church. I want you to notice that Habakkuk's vision was shaped by his surroundings. Habakkuk, I love the way the message paraphrase puts it in, in verse 1, chapter 2. He says, what's God going to say to my questions? I'm braced for the worst. I'll climb to the lookout tower and I'll scan the horizon. I'll wait to see what God says, how he will answer my complaint. You see, Habakkuk's thoughts minimize the potential of God. But the beautiful thing is God didn't leave him there and God won't leave us here. You know, God, does, he, he never leaves me at a place where I minimize him. He never leaves me at a place where I start thinking small. He said, you're thinking small, go serve your city. You're, th you're thinking small, go, go, go do something for, for someone else. One of the beautiful things about, about us serving our city was not only did it change the lives of the people, it changed our lives, our hearts. The the the. the Leadership in Kearney said, Pastor, you would not believe what's happening in our community. He said, the, 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 the town manager came and, and, and talked to us, and she said, you guys are awesome. And I told them, well, you're not awesome. Jesus is. But, but they've never received that kind of, that kind of, uh, of positivity, and, and they were so excited at, at what's going on. But he said this to me. He said, Pastor, more than, more than what we did for them, you would not believe what it did in our hearts and our, our relationship with each other because we work together and we labor together, and it's amazing what happened. Can I tell you, when, you're, when you begin to think too small that the church is just supposed to come to church, sit down, and then leave, and you begin to, to, to think that way, you've got to expand your thinking and start doing things for people. What we allow into our mind can be the greatest roadblock to where God wants to take you. What are you allowing into your mind? Churches that think small, stay small. Churches that think big have the potential to become all that God called them to be. And then we have people that say, well, God doesn't care about numbers. When people tell me that I just kind of take a step back, I don't even have to answer them. I think to myself, they must not be reading the Bible. Because he wrote a book about it. And God cares about every neighbor of ours that's not in his fold. God cares about every family member that does not know Jesus. God desires for every person to have a local church to go to where they can be fed and poured into and where they can use their God-given gifts. You know that Cheryl right here, Cheryl, that's listening intently to me? I mean, she just been, her eyes have been right on me. But Cheryl right here, she was born premature. 
And she was birthed into kind of the life of the church. She's becoming a church. Now she's leading worship here. You think God had a plan for her? Can we give God a hand for what he's done in Cheryl's life? I was, I was hearing you th- as you were singing that song, uh, Tremble. I was like, God, you are so incredible that here's, a, here's a, a, an infant, a baby that was born prematurely, and, 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 and you, you brought her into this place where now she's leading worship. See, don't think too small, beloved. Here's point number two. Believe that God can. How many of you believe that God can in your life? Henry Ford, the great uh, uh, automobile manufacturer, said this, whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you're right. You're right. There's a lot of factors in our life, and the greatest factor is God. Does your vision for your life include nothing will be impossible for God? Because if it doesn't, you're missing the main component to succeeding in life. But here's the good news. You're in the right place. Because God is here. He's here to make himself real and to meet you right where you're at. And he'll meet you right where you're at, right where you think, I can't do it. And God says, I know you can't, but I'm here and I can that disgruntledness, that, that, that loss of passion, I can birth passion into you. I can reignite you. I can excite you. That potential that you have, that the world's limiting and that, it, that the, the, the talk, the doubt talk is limiting, I can speak words of truth into your life and change you. And who cares about the naysayers? Nehemiah had to get past the naysayers and do it for the glory of God. Does our church include that nothing is impossible for God? We need to answer that question. Because the world has a way of contaminating our thinking and shrinking the potential of God in our lives. And it's so important to identify the God shrinkers in your life. What are the God shrinkers? What are the things that blurry up your vision, the God-given vision that he's given us? Hmm. If, 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 your, if your vision is being shrunk, it's time to renew your vision. It's time to put your eyes on God. One of the things that I'm intentional about, I minister to pessimistic people. I minister to people that are negative. I minister to them, but I do not surround myself with negativity. I minister to them, but then I go and I get refreshed by people that aren't. I go and I surround myself. I, I, I let positivity of God permeate my life. Because the more negativity you have, the more pessimism that you have, the more pessimistic that you become, the more negative that you become, the more that you think you can. But I serve a God that says you can. I serve a God that is able, more than able. I don't care what your relationship is like right now. I don't care what your marriage looks like. God is able to do in you what no one else can do. But you've got to believe that God can. Jesus told his disciples this in John 14, verse 12. He says, very truly I tell you. He says truly because it's true. 
Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I'm going to mediate for you. I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit. I'm going to empower you with the power of the Holy Spirit. And whatever you ask that is according to my will, that will be done. And I believe that. I'm naive enough to believe that what God says is true. Here's the third thing. You always think vision first and resources second. Because when you think resources first, you say, I can't do it because I don't have anything to do it with. It all starts with an idea. It all starts with something that God plants in your heart. Look at my, my, my family. Look at my kids. They're, you know what? They're, they're one and two-year-olds, and they're traviesos. They're going to be traviesos all their life. No, you shape them. You speak blessings into their life. Travieso means that they're brats. Let me just put it in English. They're going to be brats all their life. They're going to be the king and queen of brats. No, they're not. You speak positivity into their life. You pour into them. You pour the word of truth into their life. And you watch what happens. And even sometimes when we see things that, you know, they're not pleasing to us, when our young adults and our adults, our our children are doing things that we would hope they wouldn't be, we begin to pray into their life. You think vision first and resources second. God told Habakkuk, write the vision. He didn't tell him, I'm going to give you this. He said, write the vision and make it plain, make it clear. I just believe this year more than any... More than any other time in my life that I am seeing clarity like I never have before. I have confidence like I never have before because I just believe that the hand of God is about to do something great. I just believe it. I'm, I'm, I'm crazy enough to believe that God can do things that will blow my socks off. In your life and in my life, you just get to get, come along for the ride. And that's a beautiful thing, beloved, when you have the vision of God, when you trust the vision of God, even for your family, even for your life, when you trust that, everyone will come along for the ride. Did you know that? Instead of you riding the the, the train of negativity, instead of you getting on that skateboard of, of, of pessimism, instead of you doing the cumbia of I can't, say, you know what? God can. And you do a corrida with the Lord. His mission has to be our mission. To be a church where we love and we empower and we transform people with and through the living word. See, the word of God will be here even even after we leave. And the last thing is you have to see abundance not scarcity or limitations. When you, when you see limitations in your life, you're going to get limitations. And I'm not a pros- prosperity preacher. I'm not preaching prosperity here. I'm preaching truth. When you see in your life nothing but I can't do it because I don't have enough, I, I, there's not an abundance, you have got to trust God that he is the God of abundance. Now to him, Paul said, who is able to do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or think 
according to the power that works within us. The power that works within us is to believe that God can even when we can't. That God will provide even when we, won't, we, we, when we think we can't provide. That the, that the resources are there. When, when we put that, that our, our year-end uh, uh, focus is 75,000, you know, 50 here, 25 over there at the Kearney campus, I believe with all my heart that God can do that. I believe it. I believe as we, as we change the, the interior of our, of our church that, that God will abundantly provide because he cares about people. He cares about people. And he wants this church to be filled with people who need him, unchurched people, not transfer people from one church to another. He wants people that don't have a church to come here. And he wants people to come to another church where I'm dear friends with a pastor and we pray all the time. And another church down the road where we, we pray for them. We want the church to be filled. It's not about living word chapel. It's about God's church. Now to him... Who can do abundantly above anything that we could ever ask or think. Lord God, that you will stretch our thinking. Lord God, that you will stretch our faith. That you'll stretch it into something that is way beyond us. Father, that you'd birth a passion in our hearts and in our souls. Ignite our spirits, Lord. Ignite our faith, oh God. Empower us with the power from on high. We're tired of being a people of inadequacy, Lord God. We want to be a people of power. We want to be a people of transformation. We want to be people, Lord God, of innovation. Let ideas spring from the hearts and the minds of the people here in this service, Lord God, and make this service pregnant, pregnant with the desire to birth your love into people in our world. Only you can do that, Lord God. We can't do it in ourselves. Lord, give us vision and dreams. Lord God, give us, give us what you have for us, Lord God. And do not allow us to limit your potential in our individual lives as well as our church. Lord God, we pray for that person on the left and the right of us and where we live in our neighborhoods, Father, across the street, those people that don't know you, Lord God, and we pray that you will stir a need in their hearts for you. Let them, let them discern, let them discern, Father, that they need the creator of the universe in their lives and the savior of the world in Jesus Christ. Let us be a part of what you're going to do, Lord God. I just pray right now, Holy Spirit of God, just move through your people. Start with me and move through your people. Let there be a different excitement at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Father. Let there be a different excitement in Living Word Chapel, Second Service, like we've never seen before, Father. Let, the, let people come in smiling and joyful. Let the tears flow, Father, because you're going into the depths of our hearts. You're doing things that only you can do, Lord God. 
Father, I pray that confessions will come out of things that are keeping us down, not to everybody, but amongst each other. Let, let us confess our sins that are keeping us from being everything that you called us to be, Lord God. We pray that we can be a holy people unto you, Lord God. I pray right now for marriages. We just, we just believe, Lord, Vision 2020, we believe that we're going to see marriages restored, Father. People that have walked away from you, people that have walked and their marriages have fallen apart because they have no passion for you. How can they have passion for their husband? How can they have passion for their wife when they have left the place of passion? They've left the place of love. We pray right now, Lord God, move amongst this community and, and beyond to the communities, Lord God. Let your, let your spirit move like never before, Holy Father. Move, Father. Not because of my words, but because of your word. Because you love people, Lord God. Lord God, I just pray for a love in this church, a love for each other, a love for people that don't know you, Lord. When people come in, let us just love on them. I don't care what they look like, Lord. I don't care where they've been. I don't care what they've done. I don't care how they dress. We just want to love them with the love of Jesus Christ. Forgive me for talking negatively. Forgive us for being negative, Lord God. We stand and sit here waiting and looking to hear what you have for us. Let this service not end when we end the service, but let it go with us into the night. Let your thoughts be with us into the night, Lord God. In the morning, Holy Spirit, birth your thoughts in our hearts and in our minds. In our conversations, give us wisdom. And we'll be very careful to give you all the glory. In the precious and wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.